0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: Hello, my fine people of the internets. How are you this evening? It is Tuesday evening and it's almost the end of July. And I have a very special guest for you tonight, so I would love for you to join. I'm going to tag Carrie Weather because she's my guest. Um, So I'm going down through there doing a little housekeeping. I apologize. Anyways, I think I have done so. She is watching. Oh my goodness. Now we had a little bit of technical failure already, but this will get edited out. So (laughs) my uh, tripod has fallen. No problem. All good. Hi Carrie. So what you want to do is hit that request join button. It's all cool with the technical bumps. We'll edit that out of the podcast. But for right now, we are live people on Facebook. So there's a green button carry or a request join. Anyways, while we are doing this, um, as of the last uh, couple weeks, I have been privileged enough to be on the We Are Libertarians podcast network. So some of this audio will go up there. And so I'm going to give a good introduction uh, to that. This is my show, Gingerarchy. Most of you know me from social media, which is kind of where I came up. Um, You can follow me at uh, Facebook, uh, Trisha Stewart. Or you can find me at the page I just started not too long ago, Gingerarchy, which is where I'll put all the video archives, and there's a lot coming. So um, please join that. Uh, if you go to WeAreLibertarians.com, there's a lot of really cool shows. It's an awesome network if you're looking for a new some new podcasts to listen to. But subscribe to Gingerarchy, please. Anyways, here's Carrie Wedler. She should show up soon. Hi. Carrie, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Hi. We've got some noise. I'm gonna take this down. It's fine. It'll get edited later. Right now. Okay. Cool. Let me know if
0: let me know if I'm making noise because I'm in LA and I have my air on, but I can turn it off if it's like inconvenient. Okay. I'll be right back. I'll sweat it off for you. Yeah. Hold on. All
1: right. Cool. So I have Carrie Wedler on. Um, I've got an outline for her. But if you have any questions that you want to drop in the comments, it would be super cool. Um, I've been kind of following her for a while, okay. so I think this should be a good interview. So here's Ms. Wedler. Hello, Hi. ladies. How are you? <laughs> Hello. Thanks yes. for having me on. I look very orange compared to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good thing. <laughs> Where are you in California right now?
0: I'm in Los Angeles. So I'm yeah. born and raised in L.A. Okay. a native. It's rare. We're weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's actually pretty cool. Um, so for all of my uh, Facebook fans, and then for anybody who's going to listen to this later on the podcast, uh, Carrie has an interesting story of a come to liberty uh, moment, uh, I guess. Uh, would you say that you used to be a liberal?
0: Hardcore, yeah. Mainstream, uh, typical talking points. Meant
1: well, obviously, but mm-hmm. had a very small world deal. Um, I came from the neocon side. And so I kind of really appreciate that whole viewpoint of coming over from uh, liberalism, because I definitely think libertarianism and that liberty movement, it strikes a true chord with most people that seek truth. And so I want to talk a little bit about your bio, but then kind of go into your liberty story. We'll drop some stuff later. So you you are the editor in chief for anti-media.
0: At this point, unfortunately, it is title only because, as I'm sure a lot of people on your page know, anti-media was taken down back in October off Facebook, and we have not had original content since then, so we're still a news aggregator, so we're, you know, publishing articles from around independent media, but... Currently, nobody else is editor-in-chief. I'm still editor-in-chief, but I'm just not editing any content.
1: Okay. So yeah. what, I know. Yeah, I know that sucks. I know about that big um, uh, censorship back in October, which really hit me hard. I uh, had a lot of good friends that were hit, and um, mm-hmm. it's very scary to me. So um, we'll go back to that. But right okay. now. So Little Carrie born in Los Angeles. Were you born Like, a liberty chick? Maybe I I would consider you a voluntarist from the videos I've seen? Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. I am as well. So, were you born that way? And if you weren't, how did you come to it?
0: You know, it's funny because if you talk to anarchists, most of them will say, like, I always knew that it was bullshit. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I... Did you? I didn't. I didn't <laughs> either. No, yeah. well, I didn't at all. Yeah, I loved being obedient. Like, so my mom didn't send me to preschool, so I she kind of unschooled me, not like actively planning to. That was just her approach before I got into public school. But when I started kindergarten, I got this authority fetish. Like, it was not that I wanted to be an authority, but it was like, oh, if I can please the masters, if I make the teacher mm-hmm. happy, if I follow the rules, and that made me. That gave me a lot of validation. So I was never one to question. I was never one to think like hmm, maybe this. School factory is not, you know, giving me the best foundation for living a free life. That did not occur to me. So it wasn't until 2011 I had already voted for Obama once, um, and I didn't have much direction in life. I was interning at a film studio out here, and I was a script reader. And in between scripts, I just, like, felt kind of dumb. So I had grown up thinking, you know, like, I care about these things. I'd always been anti-war. I thought, let's say maybe I was, like, a principled progressive, you know? And I know people, like, they don't have principles. No, that's pretty cool, actually. There are a few, yeah. Right. So within that worldview, whatever, I think I was principled, but I was just so woefully uninformed about Obama that when I'd be in this film studio, I'd finish reading my scripts, and a lot of them were, like, about cops and, like, CIA agents, and that already kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I just Mm -hmm. had no underlying philosophy. So I started paying attention to the news. I realized Obama was a big con. That same summer, I was introduced to Ron Paul, and it just all went from there. (laughs) Never looked back.
1: That's awesome. So yeah, you were, um, some people might have known you as an Obama girl, which you (laughs) self-described. I think that can be dismissed a little bit from right, and I came from the far right. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I'm an anarchist now, but um, Mm -hmm. I would say that some of the diagnosis of the problems in like 2008 weren't bad, and I think people identified with here's what's going on wrong and probably clung to it. Now you went further because obviously you're a person that seeks out ultimate truth. Um, Have you met a lot of liberals that have come over that way? You know, there are some in
0: California Obviously, they're not, we're not the majority, <laughs> duh. But there are people who are open to it. And I find that when you talk about these things to them and you just don't label it, and you don't say anarchism, you don't say libertarian, libertarian, mm-hmm. especially. I feel like people out here are less afraid of anarchism than they are libertarians. So <laughs> I find it if you talk about the issues and you connect with them and you can establish, like, hey, we have the same goals, maybe there's some information that could help you consider different solutions. Mm-hmm. I, there is potential here. There are a lot of people here who are open to it. And then there's also the militant side. So like the yoga community, for example, I'm a big part, well, I'm not a big part of the yoga community. I used to be more before the 2016 election, but that's sort of what happened is there were Mm -hmm. people who were really conscious of what was really going on. And then there were people who were like, yeah, Hillary Clinton, she cares about women, which is really hard to reconcile for me with yogic philosophy and libertarian philosophy, because to me, they actually are not contradictory. They have a lot in common and a lot of Mm -hmm. shared values, but that just the statism just, you know, eviscerates any chance of people sticking to the principles. So they mean well again. But um yeah, there's a lot of potential. There's also a lot of really big frustrations out here.
1: <laughs> I would imagine, but I um <laughs> I think it was I can't remember who said it, but I would enjoy my um statism with nice warm weather and really good food. So yeah. <laughs> not, I don't blame you. Although <laughs> I live in northeast Ohio, which is probably polar opposite mm-hmm. of you. But I mean <laughs> I'm I won't probably be here forever. Um, So so you have this had this kind of progression of you were a seeker and you realize that somebody had duped you. And then you come over to this Ron Paul thing. How do you come from that to anarchism or voluntarism? Sure. Um, it's actually
0: quite a simple answer because I was big on Ron Paul. At that point, I was like, yeah, the Constitution. At one point, I thought I had wanted to be a constitutional lawyer, you know, so I, I cared about these things. I was just mm-hmm. a little misguided and found Ron Paul, was super excited. But then if any of you were around for the 2012 Republican primary, you know what happened. And <laughs> I have this, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you want to do it, but I have this <laughs> really vivid memory. I was at Ron Paul headquarters out here in Venice, California, Venice Beach, and there was a recount in Maine between Romney and Ron Paul. Mm -hmm. And we were watching CNN. We're like, yeah, we're going to get a chance. This is the turning point. We're going to find out that Ron (laughs) Paul won. And I sat there for like four hours. It was the same weekend of Whitney Houston's funeral. And I remember this so vividly. Like I had so much faith that the media was going to cover it because it was a recount. Why would they not cover this? This was Mm -hmm. national news. This is not a major presidential primary. And I just watched them play the same loop of the pallbearers at the funeral with, like, pictures of Whitney throughout her life. And Mm -hmm. under, there was this little scrolling marquee that mentioned that there is a recount. And that was the first time where I was like, I don't think this system is fair. You know, like, I just Mm -hmm. thought that if the TV said it, it was true. And if it was an election, it was legitimate. And so that was... It was that one moment, but it was really just the bigger experience of seeing how he was treated and realizing like nobody who could really make a difference is ever going to get power, and I, that's when the anarchism started, so
1: right. Yeah. No, and, and I, I, I would kind of agree with you in that thread, too. A lot of people dismiss people that are maybe put their faith a little bit in a politician or just new mm-hmm. to liberty, or I think that's okay for them to think that you don't need to push anarchism mm-hmm. so hard. It's going to happen naturally. <laughs> exactly in my opinion. so. Then you do all this, and you decide to go on YouTube, and this has mm-hmm. kind of um, skyrocketed you to a little bit of internet stardom. So tell me how that starts. <laughs> hey, character girl, you don't even know. Like I get some creepy DMs, but the- oh, whatever. <laughs> well, people love you. They love you. Oh, so I'll that's you. All. <laughs> I, I had some really nice ones too. Oh, she's great. I love her videos. I'm so glad you're having her on. So that was the majority. Very (laughs) Um, good to
0: know. And I find that's the case. Usually most people are really cool. It's just some outliers. (laughs) Yeah. The
1: lower 10% tend to speak louder than the upper (laughs) 90%. For um, sure. But so you started doing like using social media and YouTube to put videos out there. What catapulted Mm -hmm. that or or what do you, um, where did that come from?
0: Yeah. Well, I started with Ron Paul videos. Um, My very first few videos are just like, I found Ron Paul and I used to love Obama and look at this guy and he's principal and he's anti-war and he respects the constitution. So that's how I started. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean honestly, I speaking of public school, as I mentioned in the beginning, I loved the whole authority thing and the validation, but I was very shy. I was not the kind of child who wanted to speak up in class. Like I didn't like being called on. It gave me horrible anxiety. And so there were numerous occasions in public school where I would work it out with the teacher that I could do a video project. Like, it was like, I cannot go in front of the class, please. Mm -hmm. Like, please give me an out here. So I would just like make little videos myself. So I guess like the inclination was already there. And then I started Mm -hmm. with the Ron Paul videos, kind of went off the map after he got screwed. And then I decided I wanted to make consistent content. So it was 2013, I think that fall that I started Mm -hmm. making videos and, you know, that weren't just Ron Paul campaign focused. And then it went from there and I, the Obama video was it. I had no idea what would happen with it. I just thought like, that'd be cool to blowtorch my shirt. It's a real shirt. I have a blowtorch. So. And, <laughs> and it
1: <laughs> went viral. So what were your thoughts when it did?
0: Um, I did not believe it. But I remember, like, I remember thinking as I was writing the video out and as I was getting ready to film it, I was like, this video is going to get 20,000 views. Oh, my gosh, this is going to be huge. It's going to be so exciting. At that (laughs) point, you know, like 3,000 views was a lot, which is funny Mm -hmm. because that's the views I get now with all the algorithm stuff and, like, the whole Trump's America. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a totally different spot. But back then, oh, my gosh, 20,000 views was, like, I was convinced. I was so sure. And I was all like filming. I was like, yeah, people are going to watch this. And then, (laughs) and then I don't even know what happened. I like it, it got stuck, you know, like when something goes, when something's getting a lot of views, the views will get stuck and then the likes will go up and The lights kept going up, and, you know, I'm watching compulsively because I'm like, oh, this is is a video, and I'm wearing shorts in it, and there's fire. Like, what's going to happen, you know? Like, I wanted to know. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, I cared. Um, And it just, (laughs) by the time it refreshed at the end of the night, it was, like, more videos or more views than I had ever gotten. And then, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but some, like, neocons got a hold of it and it was like Alan West shared it and that was a it was a couple of days after I posted it that was like the big the colonel. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I was like, who's this guy? I don't know how this says and I looked at his stuff and I was like, whoa, okay. I think you missed the point of the video. But thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, and it just it went from there. It just kept getting weirder and weirder.
1: <laughs> That's actually pretty funny because I would assume like uh, I and I remember back in the o- Obama early Obama days, because I was a neocon then. Mm-hmm. I just started to get awakened after his election, which actually helped me. But right. um, I could imagine a lot of neocons have taken advantage of you being kind of anti-establishment and taking that as being anti-Democrat. How? Right. Do, what speci- how, Do you have any specific moments where you're like, uh, no, dude, or you get an email <laughs> or any comment like that?
0: Yeah. You know, I think I have thinned the herd on that end. So I got a lot of followers from that video, obviously. And then I had a short little stint making videos for Dinesh D'Souza, which if you guys are aware of who that is, I made two I videos. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know who he was. Um, and I have nothing, I'm not going to say anything about him outside of the fact that he didn't censor me. That was our deal. he yeah, was like, he does you can have some cool, there's yeah. some
1: cool stuff by him. I disagree. Yeah. with A lot of his stuff, but he's a pretty cool. Oh dude. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, I did not make as many videos as we had intended because I think I realized, like, maybe this audience is not really going to hear me. But I thought it was a great opportunity, and he was very kind to me. And, and the it was like, you literally, I could say whatever I wanted. His audience might not like it, but I was allowed to say mm-hmm. it. Um, That's pretty but it cool. Was, it was pretty cool, but it was that experience. So getting a lot of his followers on my page <laughs> and between that and my Obama video, you know, and, and it's, I am anti-Democrat, sure, but I'm also an anti-Republican or let's just say mm-hmm. pro-peace and pro freedom. And those things contradict my values. So, um, there's this one guy though, and he, I think he had been a fan and eventually got fed up with me criticizing police. And so there's a page, it's called Carrie Wedler is best girl fan club. And he's like still mad at me, but it's, and it's a, Fan club page, but it's actually like <laughs> the whole point is just to troll me. So, like, the profile picture is like me, but like, there's a little mustache drawn on with like red eyes. Like, <laughs> and
1: it's you funny. know what? <laughs> that's a compliment. Yeah. Like, the more people that have so much time to, vo- to devote to you in their lives, then exactly. you are doing something that scares them. And that's a good thing. <laughs> I yeah. like to think so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. Sorry. If you guys want to check it out, feel free to go leave some comments for us. Don't em. like
1: it though and rated it, rate it at 0 stars.
0: No, but then it looks like I have 0 stars cuz it's oh, Carrie Wedler okay, is best girl five. fan club. Give it
1: 5. Let's give it 5 stars, people. You heard it here first. I look so orange tonight. I think And uh, I feel
0: like I look so pale and gray cuz you I look know. so colorful. You're We're so like vivid. We're like
1: fire and ice of liberty right now. <laughs> <Seriously>? <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> okay. Um so I wanted to talk to you, I said, maybe we talk about the police state or whatever, and I know uh, Mm -hmm. you're pretty well versed, um, you know, being published and knowing uh, being anti media anti war. But so I thought instead of just talking about the police, which is probably one of the things that I work locally on the ground for the most, I would ask you, starting with the most important, second most important, and third most important, name the three things that are the biggest threat to liberty in the world today, three being the most important.
0: Hmm. First one. Well, the answer I want to give, I feel, is, like, kind of cheating, because I just want to say statism, but I feel like that everything is statism. So, okay. yeah. general disclaimer, statism, but okay. the first one for me, I've always been an anti-war activist, or, well, not an activist, but I've always been anti-war. I've always been pro-peace, and I think that that's still the biggest issue, because so much can be traced back to it, the debt that we're dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. the inflation of currency, all of the things we need to fund the warfare state, not to mention all the violations of the Constitution, which, you know, mm-hmm. not for me, I'm a Lysander Spooner type of gal, but I think that it's Same a useful mean- babe. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it is, if we're going to talk about freedom, the constitution is a good avenue to do that with people who aren't it's there a yet. Useful and, tool. It's a right, useful tool. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think what, in terms of constitutional violations, the war coming home, and you want to talk about like police, like sure, the militarization, which is a result of all this excess war machinery. So mm-hmm. war would be the first one, not to mention, obviously, the loss of innocent life. Like, that's a big threat. Getting killed by governments is, you know, not ideal. So that's the first one. I think second, I'm not sure. I I might like, you know, think about it later and change my answers, but off the top of my head, education, because that plays Mm. such a foundational role in people's willingness to acquiesce, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if you look at my statism and how I was bred into it, it wasn't just my family. Like, sure, I'm from LA, but it was... I don't want to say cradle, but you know, kindergarten to senior Mm -hmm. year, it's not just that you're learning the state's propaganda, but you're also learning the behaviors. It's like, okay, you raise your hand to go to the bathroom. Okay, you have to ask permission to eat food. You have to, you have an assigned seat. seat. So you're sort of getting primed and marinated in this obedience and this authoritarianism, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realize until much, much later, but I really think that education is a big part of it. And I'm sure a lot of your audience is familiar with the Prussian model. And I have a lot of thoughts Mm -hmm. on that. I don't think it's as sinister and black and white as a lot of people like to make it out to be, but that's a big part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The nationalism, you know, it's a big deal. Um, So let's see, we have the warfare state, we have education and number three economics, honestly, because I was not the best at economics. i did not understand public school economics. The class was surprisingly not very well taught, and there was not mm-hmm. a lot of great information in it. But mm-hmm. I mean, did we talk about the Federal Reserve at all? Probably not. And I don't remember learning about that in history. But economics, mostly because we've again, I guess, to bring it back to education, we are steeped in this Keynesian philosophy. We're, mm-hmm. we were just taught that that's how it works. We don't know the most basic things about economics. I'm saying we because. Me too. <laughs> like well, I only I started went to learning. Public
1: school. I went to public right. school as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I didn't start learning economics. I mean, I obviously intuitively understood once I started understanding the mm-hmm. philosophy of non-aggression and freedom and spontaneous order and all of that. But so I now edit for fee, the foundation for economic education. Yeah. So I've gotten this huge economics organization, or organization, education through this organization. And it's been so eye opening that I really understand now like that's really important stuff to know because if you look at all these solutions they're running counter to everything mm-hmm. that we believe to be sound economics so if we can get to the root of the problems instead of just falling for the Bernie Sanders AOCAE narrative I don't want to say they're being insincere like for all I know they genuinely believe that that's sure. the answer um, I think the intentions are good but if we really want to reach people we have to address their concerns and a lot of those are economic at this point
1: I, I think that's an excellent point. I would say uh, probably AOC is actually more genuinely concerned than Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders. Oh, yeah. I think he's been <laughs> a, around long enough and, and has amassed enough wealth and sought power enough that he knows better now. Yeah. Um, but, but I would say some of his diagnosis, especially like in the last mm-hmm. election, was, was pretty good. So right. hopefully that will bring people over to thinking about, you know, where right. the problem lies. Right. Um, I think economics is hard to sell. It's oh, not yeah.
0: sexy not at all.
1: <laughs> so you're working for female. Now Now you mm-hmm. have the uh, distinct um, notation of being a female in the Liberty movement, which I know myself, you have <laughs> much bigger reach. Um, not Do anymore, you? girl. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, that sucks so bad. One day I'll get sucked. For some reason, I have, I have reached now, but it'll. Get
0: it's coming for all of us. Sorry, yes. I'm so hot. Just so you guys know, I'm like <laughs> well, dripping sweat here. I, I, I here thought I on, should share.
1: you heard it on genderarchy. <laughs> Carrie mother's
0: hot on my show. Has she been hot on okay. your show? No. <laughs> anyway, have okay. I? No, not like this. Never okay. before. <laughs> okay, go on. Yeah, it's going all the way. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, what were we talking about?
0: Sorry it. to interrupt. I had to say. Um, <laughs> I've, I have had some reach, mm-hmm. and then I interrupted you to say, no, I don't. But I have in the past. That's where you were going. I had reach. Yes.
1: Um, so – Economics is really difficult to bring to a broader audience, and I think maybe there's uh, you have a really good reach with social media, especially YouTube and those kind of followings. How do you? What's your like recipe for reaching people? How how do you try to do
0: it? Mm, good question. So in the past, in my experience, what I've learned is the things that I did that would get a lot of reach. One we're troll titles, come on, like, let's be real. But I love doing that. Like, I had one called, it's like, Gun Nuts, your Second Amendment is outdated. And it's actually like a debunk of that narrative, but mm-hmm. I got all the gun people clicking on it because I saw some girl to be mad at, you know, like, oh it's a liberal, it wants more guns, and then they click. Um, so things like that, you know, and, the title is accurate. I, I, I'm very, I've very i always been very good about that. Like, I don't just make mm-hmm. up things that aren't real and put them in the title. It's just you kind of have to click and watch the video to get why I called it that. Um, but more importantly than that, I found that people just want to share something that expresses how they feel. Like, they maybe not everybody wants to make a video talking about their issues, about what mm-hmm. they care about, you know? And I don't blame them because there's a lot of times where mm-hmm. I'm like, can I do this anymore? I don't know if I have it in me. But I find that when you can say something, you know, clearly and, you know, in just a way that resonates with people, then people want to share. Or that's shocking because obviously that Obama video was shocking and there was Mm -hmm. fire in the thumbnail and there was a girl in white shorts. You know, I own that. Like I didn't do it on purpose thinking like, let me get some clicks, but like, "Mm," you know, the thumbnail matters, which I learned from that video.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's smart. As long as you're bringing a good message. Um, I think that's something that libertarians are really bad at, and I think we need better people at that, is to get people to notice us, and then they'll listen to the message. I mean, there is a place for talking heads. We have plenty of them. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay? Nobody's clicking on that, being like, oh, my God, look at this um, uh, debate between Austrian economics and Chicago economics. I'm clicking (laughs) that in a hot minute. No. That's not happening. (laughs) Yeah. So we need, uh, we need the masses. We need people to get interested in something different. I think that's actually really brilliant. And it actually leads people down the path to eventually study those other things that mm-hmm. the talking heads are talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think that's awesome. So uh, what did it feel like? Do, do you ever get recognized now that you're like a YouTube lady?
0: You know, I've been recognized like, no more than 10 times in my life. But there's this one time, and this is the funniest I was on a whale watch with my family. <laughs> okay. What? Like Carrie, like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm like, okay. I'm like with my dad and sister, and I'm like walking across the boat to get a drink, and this guy's like, Carrie? And I was like, <laughs> th- I think this might have been the first time I ever was recognized. He didn't recognize my face. He recognized my voice, which is funny because people really don't like my voice. And believe me, I'm with you. I get it. But like. I, it's just that Valley girl accent, I guess. And it's, and I can I be like loud. It. So it, it was just, so he was like, I knew that voice. I knew it was you. It was like some older guy on on a whale watch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not getting right. It's like, I, I can leave the house without being recognized.
1: <laughs> knows who I am, which
0: is very nice, you know, but every once in a while it's weird.
1: <laughs> I think, I think you posted something a while back. Cause I think we had become Facebook friends and I kind of knew about mm. you, but I started following you a little bit, um, mm. especially after that whole censorship um, happened in October. But, uh, you mentioned something about the Valley Girl voice, and I get all the time that I sound like I'm from Minnesota. And <laughs> I, I use so many filler words, like my <laughs> interviews are rough. They're rough. <laughs> um, but I just think, okay, well, you get up on the mic and talk, and there's about 20,000 libertarian podcasters that do that, yeah. and it's very yawn-worthy, so whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. Okay, so we're talking about the three uh, areas of the state That sucked, and we're going to go back to that. But I know you're going to be working for Fee tonight. So I'm going to go to a little thing I do here on Gingerarchy. I haven't (laughs) done it in a while because I had, like, economists on, and they're not really into this. We are going to play a game. Carrie, are you ready for my game? I'm so ready. This is called Pick Your Poison. Uh, I'm sure you know, like, cards against humanity. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So you have to pick between these two options. There is no skirting this. And then you have to give a quick, a brief explanation as to why you picked the one that you picked. Okay. <laughs> okay. I am rated um, explicit on iTunes. My, my kids aren't impressed right. by that. Um, so <laughs> this might be, like, really crude, but whatever. Okay. Okay. It's not really, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Carrie Wedler, pick your poison. Would you rather relive your worst day in high school over and over again or... Oh, no. <laughs> Clog the toilet every time you poop outside your
0: home. Um, definitely relive my worst day of high school, because that's just... <gasps> wow!
1: I, I just asked <laughs> Carrie Wedler about her poop. you got it here, folks.
0: And I prefer my most traumatizing day of high school, and I did not like high school. What was so. it?
1: Expound? Um, it was...
0: uh. So, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to, I'm not going to go into any details, but there was a boy I liked and um, there, I I was, you know, still a young girl getting used to my hormones and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was a bit of a fiasco on a day when I was supposed to be hanging out with the boy I liked, who was like a couple years older than me, and I didn't. it cool? It was quite embarrassing, and it just kept going on. It was like a whole, my best friend and I, like, at the time called it Karma Day. Like, for anything mean I've ever done, that was my karma. So I'd rather really really. it. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: Wow. That says a lot about how Carrie Weather feels, like, uh, about public restrooms. We're going to do to another one. You, you came on my show. This is all. I can edit it later. It's but I'm fair wondering. game. Okay, it's fine. All right. <laughs> Carrie, take your poison. Would you rather have bed bugs infect your house once a year or have your mouth permanently taste like you just smoked a cigar?
0: Mm, okay, well, I really love the smell of cigars. But... I've never tasted one. I've never actually smoked one. I I had an uncle who loves cigars, and I just love the smell. So am I allowed to ask a question? Does the smell, is the smell the same as the taste? Uh, Well, I've
1: smoked cigars before. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a butch lesbian, not really, but... I think they taste good, but I think that's subjective. It's not like a cigarette. Um, it's more of a sweet taste because okay. it's a real natural plant.
0: Mm, okay, but we're talking about every single day versus once a year, mm-hmm. and you can call someone once a year. Yeah,
1: I actually know the treatment for bed bugs because I work in the real estate uh, industry, mm. and it's common practice, and they're actually really easy, easily treatable. You heat the room to 130 degrees.
0: Okay, we're going to bed bugs then. Just in <laughs> case I don't like the taste it of cigars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to well, message you if it ever happens. You're going to okay. have to help
1: me. Oh, I know. I took like a course in it. I'm good, you know. I don't even know why I went to college. Um, okay, one more and we'll get back to the seriousness and then okay. let you get to your um, watching the horribly pathetic Democratic debate.
0: God bless Can't you. Wait. Thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> Thank okay. you.
1: Carrie Weather, pick your poison. Would you rather be unable to use utensils ever again? Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Or scrape gum off the street and chew it? Once?
0: I suppose. Is it weird that I'm even
1: asking? Are you going
0: to chew gum off the street? (laughs) (laughs) No, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was the first one? Sorry, Um, repeat the
1: first one again. To never use a utensil again.
0: I'm assuming that when
1: it comes to eating.
0: (laughs) Never. See, it's back to that, like, once versus
1: forever. Well, what I'm inferring (sighs) from the cards is never would be till you are deceased. And then scrape gum off the street and chew it, I would assume, would be a one-time gig. Yeah,
0: it's a one-time thing. But no utensils? I like soup. Like, what am I going to, like, how do I eat? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, you can't you have okay, to. okay
0: one honestly i would forgo the utensils because like just the thought of the like the actual I, yeah 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 i'll go with utensils i can eat finger foods i'm good so, so
1: that day would have lived in infamy you couldn't do it yeah <sighs> This is the closest one of all the all the questions, to be honest. <laughs> They're so. good, aren't they? It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. okay, so we're going to go back to the questions. We've got uh, a little bit more time. Um, cool. We just have a lot of engagement, which is awesome. Um, Yay. And like I said, you can find that on um, my Facebook page forever, Ginger Arky. I'll share it there, mm-hmm. and then i will be on the of Britannians Network, Ginger Arky, on all major platforms. So join mm-hmm. us. Um, so... Your come to liberty moment, we talked about that, your three scariest positions of the state. So after um, you discovered what you could do on YouTube and your activism, what is your goal? What's your plan going forward as a liberty activist?
0: Great question. So um, it's funny because last week I was kind—I of, was just like really not feeling it. Like I was just like I don't want to make a video. It's also really hot in LA right now, and filming when it's really hot is a pain. So many reasons. I'm just like, oh, What am I gonna do? And I listened to this. I don't know if you've heard of her, her name's Tara Brock. She's a meditation teacher mm-hmm. slash.
1: Yeah, I just really? did, she did the frog meditation. I did it in a circle <gasps> with my kids.
0: Oh, how kids. sweet. Yeah, I haven't done awesome. that. But yeah, yeah, you know who she is. She's awesome. She's probably a status, but like, bless her heart. And I'm sure that if I were to I ever try to talk to her. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, she's yeah. amazing. Um, but she has a talk on hope. And so there, there her, she breaks it down into three qualities of hope. So one is to have an aspiration. What's the aspiration? Two is to have faith that it can happen. And three is to actually do something to make it, to make it happen. And so, I'm like lying there. I'm like, why do I even make videos anymore? What's the point? Nobody sees them, you know, just like having a, you know, a baby moment. And we all have. (laughs) Yeah. And I tried to go deeper. And it's like, yeah, sure. I'd like to reach people. Yeah, I'd like to grow my base. But like, what's underneath that? It's not I I, want to be famous. It's I want to see more peaceful and free world. You know, Mm -hmm. like, that's the core. That's why I started doing this. That's why I was a Obama supporter back then, because I thought that he was going to make that Mm -hmm. happen. So the goal has always been for me, just like, let's just be nice to people. Like, can we, can we not have so much suffering and violence? And so to that end, something that I'm planning on focusing on more is just more solutions oriented because it's so easy to call out the problems. And I'm great at it. You know, like, mm-hmm. I can do it with sass. I can do it. I can name all of the violations of the state. I can name the war crimes. Like, you know, and that's important. But something that people want, which we saw both I see in comments on my pages, it's like, all you do is complain, rah, 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 and you know fine. I don't want to Mm -hmm. mock people who mock me, but like, you know, fine. But it's also when we were actively running anti-media before we redid the site, we had a tab called solutions and that was our most clicked tab. Like people want to hear alternatives. They want to see things that can get better. And so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make a little shift. I'm still going to be doing all my like calling out the state stuff, but I really want to start highlighting positive developments, you know, and just perpetuating the notion that people aren't inherently evil. There's so much good in the world. There's so many amazing things happening and it's decentralized. All of these things happening. It's somebody's Mm -hmm. not planning it. It's not some central bureau making Mm -hmm. sure that good things are done and innovative solutions are created. No, it's just everybody. It's humanity. And I really want to bring more of that into focus. Cause that's like what gives me hope too. And I'd like to share that with people.
1: Um, well, I really appreciate that, Carrie. I kind of <laughs> feel the same way. Um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, charity is the best when it's local and, it, and it's in mm-hmm. your heart. And mm-hmm. I, I do think that there's definitely a lack for in the Liberty movement for people that have compassion. And Not that there's not any, trust me, if you right. look at walk the walk or mm-hmm. um, I've raised a lot of money for charity before there are people passionate about it. But mm-hmm. what people see is the talking head. So I think it's really important to have somebody like you out there. Um, obviously, you're a fun person. You're outgoing. You're, you say you're introverted, but you're <laughs> able to get over that. I, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But nobody's one <laughs> or the other. But if you can reach a large audience for good, um, regardless if they click you because they're mad at your you know, something or they think you're pretty or this and that, if you give them a great message, you're doing a service to the Liberty community. And I'm glad that people like you are out there.
0: Oh, thank you. You too. Uh, uh, yeah, I, it's,
1: been, it's been a pleasure. Um, so I want you to, you're going to have to answer one more question before okay. we go. But I want you to plug what you're working on, where people can find you. I'll put this on the show notes at Gingerarchy. But if people want to hear more about what Kiri's doing, how do they do it?
0: So, you'll just find my name anywhere. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Steemit, I'm on Minds, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Facebook because, as much as we all hate it, that's where the people it's are. Still king. So, yeah, I'm still there. It's a weird spelling, Carrie. So, C A R E Y, gotta spell it out just in case. Weather, W E D. L-E-R, I'm trying to think of where else I am. I think I'm writing for Fee occasionally now. I'm editing mm-hmm. mostly, but I have some articles there, and they have a lot of great content spanning oh, like, decades and decades mm-hmm. and decades. It's awesome, to, especially like to go back and see the articles they were writing like at, you know, 50, 40 years ago and see how correct they were and how correct they still are. It's really, mm-hmm. it's just fun. So um, just check out Fee, aside for me, check out fee.org, and also mm-hmm. the anti-media and the Mind Unleashed as well. They're a giant page. They survived the purge. Fingers crossed. And our founder, Nick Burnaby from Antimedia, is now editor-in-chief there. Uh, they okay. were doing great content before. But if you're wondering where the Antimedia team has gone, our founder, who's incredibly brilliant, uh, he, his name's Nick Burnaby. He's on Facebook as well. But he's working at the Mind Unleashed show. And there's a lot of great people writing there as well. So I know I'm not talking about my platforms anymore. But just, you know, things no, to check out. And awesome people doing great work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you have a great voice for it. And I'm sure Fi is actually a really, like, they've been, they're legit and they've been around for a while. And being somebody that, unfortunately, anti-media was really de-plat- deplatformed, but uh, alternative media, that sources mm-hmm. that you can trust, that have a legitimate, like a long-term um, history of, of mm-hmm. giving out good stories, I think that's definitely important because um, the mainstream media is actually the largest conspiracy in the world. But anyway, I won't go into that. I'm going to ask you one more pick your poison. Oh no! And know. Then I'm going to do my closing. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Let's go. I'm ready. Right.
1: Are you ready, Carrie? Okay. I'm ready. Oh shit. Oh no. (laughs) Okay. Carrie Wedler, pick your poison. Would you rather have the wrinkles of a 100 year old or be unable to wear uh, wear clothes that cover your belly button?
0: Oh, be unable to wear clothes that cover your belly button? Mm -hmm. So I always have to have my belly button Mm
1: out?
0: Well, (laughs) that's hard. You know, I'm from L.A. <laughs> I'm actually making a video that I'm going to be where I'm, I'm going to be talking about something called toxic femininity. But part of my toxic femininity Ooh. is, yeah, I'm excited. So I'm, I'm in the process of filming now. I'm but excited. Um, I actually grew up when I was like 20, 21. I developed a phobia of wrinkles because I'm like from L.A. And like... If there's any superficial oh, city death. in the world, that was my thing. That was, like, my body dysmorphia. It's like, and it's not about the physicality. It's a much more deeper psychological thing. But because of that, I'm just going to have to show my belly button all the time because okay. I'm not going for the wrinkles of a 100-year-old. Long story yeah. short. That was not- a long-winded explanation, but that is the explanation. Girl, I'm
1: from <laughs> northeast Ohio, and I'm showing that belly button all day long. <laughs> I will never do that. <laughs> So to all my Facebook lovelies and to everybody listening to Ginger Archie on whatever platform, all 15 of you, because I get way more on Facebook, um, I want to say thank you to my guest, Carrie Wedler. I'll put it in the show notes when it goes on the show. I'll drop it in the comments on Facebook. Um, really cool Liberty chick. I know I got a lot of messages about you. A lot of people love you and follow you. So keep doing <laughs> what you're doing. And you I will too. close. I will. I will. Um, without no wrinkles and with belly button.
0: Yeah, both.
1: (laughs) Um, So I will close the show uh, saying what I say every time. Good night, my lovelies. Grace and peace to you. And fuck the state.